welcome to Garden's brand new podcast. I'm Damiana Price, currently all things marketing and PR at Garden, and also host of Series 1. In these monthly shows, I will endeavour to catch up with a fellow Garden colleague to delve a little deeper into what they are working on, what makes them an expert in their field, and why Garden's mission and vision gets them out of bed in the morning. Welcome to Episode 1 of Garden's Get Together. Today, I will be catching up with Gary Spencer... Operations Director at Garden. Hi Gary, how are you doing? I'm very well Damiana, how are you? Good, very well, thank you. Thank you for uh, agreeing to do this first employee uh, podcast for Garden. Pleasure. So um, we'll start off by, how about you telling me a little bit about yourself? So describe your role at Garden, um, giving me a brief description of you know what you do um, as a core member of the team. Hey, delighted. Um, so yeah, Gary Spencer, um, a little bit about my background personally, and then we'll obviously go on to Garden. So my whole career has been around product development across various industries, uh, looking at aerospace, luxury, spent a lot of time at Nokia serving a very valuable apprenticeship. Um, Later on in the career, moved into AR and then moved out of AR and was asked by our founder and CEO, Samantha, to come and join him at Garden. Um, Fundamentally, the role that I hold within Garden is to lead the programs, is to lead the operations and generally perform the role of general manager. Now, at the moment, we're moving towards our EVT 1.1 hardware, which is a very exciting phase for the company after such a short time since our fundraise, which is most of you will be aware we um, secured last November. So at the moment, I am working incredibly closely with the R&D teams. I'm building out the supply chains, building relationships with new customers for the technology that we demand for the products. The first deployment of those products we're targeting at very early April with our partners and um, hopefully for them, from them we will move on to our second iteration of products which will be in the middle of the year which will be our real product and what I mean by that in terms of it will have our ID developed, our brand will be developed and there will be more units deployed in many, many partner locations from July onwards. Exciting time. Sounds like things are moving in the right direction. Absolutely. Yeah, it's moving very fast for us. Um, There's a tremendous amount of interest in the technology that we're developing. And we're working with some fantastic partners, as I mentioned, plus some universities. Uh, We're working very closely with Essex, um, with Professor Tracy Lawson, and with the hire of our new plant scientist, Fabrizio, that's giving us more angles into Oxford University as well. And they're very interested in the technology that Garden are developing. So Garden truly are working with the uh, experts in their fields, as they say. Absolutely. So um, what first attracted you to Garden and what do you think makes it interesting? That's a very good question. Um, You know, Demiana, I've worked across a lot of different industries, all developing, you know, high tech products from fuel management systems for Boeing aircraft to as I mentioned earlier, Nokia mobile phones, working with them with 10 years in the heyday of their domination of that marketplace. I then moved to the startup, which was Virtu, um, 
which was developing a luxury mobile phone. And the, you know, developing hardware for any company, I've always found incredibly interesting. The attraction for me personally with Garden, A, it was a sector that I'd never worked in before. Um, developing a technology fundamentally that I'd never been involved in before and combining those two elements and then working in a brand new sector um, at my stage in my career has been incredibly interesting and to be honest it's not until you're in a sector that you've never worked in that you really get an appreciation of just how important research and development is in the agri-tech sector there are you know Everybody talks about climate change. Everybody talks about sustainability. Everybody talks about, you know, the world is running out of topsoil to grow crops. And, you know, you hear it, but you don't take any notice of it until you're actually in the sector. And then when you're in the sector and you're working with, you know, the types of individuals and the partners that we're working with, you really begin to understand that you've really got an opportunity to make a difference for generations to come in terms of, you know, generating better food quality, more nutritious food, better yields, better crops, and also in locations that simply don't and are unable to grow produce. With, the, you know, the evolution of vertical farms, the evolution of greenhouses, it's a tremendous opportunity for the world to sit up and take note as to just the difference that agritech can make to people's lives going forward. And it's a phenomenally interesting sector. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll definitely echo that, Gary. And I think a lot of people within Garden are definitely on board for those very reasons where they can now feel like they're, you know, making a change, making some kind of step change towards something meaningful um, for themselves and and for the planet, you know. And and I've had many reactions along those same lines with, you know, talking to friends and colleagues from the past when they ask you what, you know, what industry you're now working in. And their ears really prick up when you talk about what you're doing. And it's not necessarily, yes, the tech is interesting, but it's about then being involved and being able to make a difference and a real difference. You know, the amount of, it's not until you're in a sector such as this that you really understand how much food we are throwing away for logistical reasons, for climate reasons, for disease reasons. And these are all the things that the garden journey is going to help to address absolutely and you know if we can make a very small difference uh, that very small difference now can make an incredibly big difference as i mentioned earlier in generations to come absolutely absolutely okay so gary you mentioned previously so you've led operations for virtue so the luxury smartphone manufacturer where precision engineering was vital um Mm. when selling that device uh, a device that sometimes retails well into the six figures. Um, I also understand, and you've also mentioned, so you've worked in deep tech augmented reality where manufacturing tolerances are incredibly tight down to the nanometer scale. How do you think your previous experiences have influenced your approach to operations, the garden? Demiana, when you're developing products, developing tech, whether you're developing those that hardware and software for a product for garden, or whether you're developing, as you mentioned earlier, you know, an incredibly sophisticated device in, for the luxury industry, 
the, the rules of engagement in terms of product development and delivery are very similar. You know, for me, it always starts with what problem are you trying to solve? As in the product you're bringing to the market, what purpose does it serve? Okay. Obviously, working at Virtu, heading up program management, developing, heading up quality, working with operations, with that type of product, you were, you were serving a market that, would, would, that wanted a luxury mobile product to stand out from the crowd, okay? And we developed it very much on the basis of authenticity in the luxury industry, but the fundamental rules of engagement, as I mentioned earlier, to developing the hardware product for Garden are very, very similar. It starts with what are you? What does the customer actually want you to deliver, and what problem are you trying to solve for that customer? Now, we at Garden, through our evolution from last year, talking to the the leaders in the fields of vertical farming, the professors at the universities, we're developing a technology that will solve a you know a number of problems, but in a, but a technology that we will bring at a viable price that can help the industry determine the health and, and quality of their crop. And fundamentally, the problem it's solving is checking the health of the plant, but also the problem it's solving is making those industries actually more viable. And by delivering to them a technology that is commercially viable to, for them to implement into their facilities. The, the, we have our program plans, we have our milestones again, against our hardware deliverables. You know, we're packaging cameras and lasers and electronics and hardware into a, a, an enclosure. That actually isn't very different in terms of discipline to packaging a mobile phone or packaging an AR headset. The, it's a very much, it's a common set of rules. The beauty of how we approach it at Garden is we're not afraid of risk. You should never be afraid of risk. And if you're not pushing that envelope every day, you won't deliver a product that A, is, is innovation, and B, that solves the problem for the customer. But fundamentally, whether you're developing an aeroplane, in my opinion, or whether you're developing the products that we're developing, it's a very similar process. Um, the key to that process is having the right individuals heading up the disciplines that all contribute to bringing that product to market. You know, my role in operations is it's multifaceted at the moment. I'm looking after the program management. I'm looking after the general management of the company. But with the 30 years of experience I've got in all sorts of disciplines, predominantly around research and development, leading teams, leading operations, I can guide that team, which is relatively young, but incredibly talented through this journey. And, you know, that's what excites me. And the fact that, I, I, again, we, we talked about our first products going out into our partner sites in very early April. That is a huge achievement for such a small team. Yeah. Great. Okay. Um, so within operations, what do you think are some of the new challenges that you're experiencing for the first time with Garden? For me personally, it's about the it, it, it's about the multiple numbers of, of, of installations that we've got to accommodate in mm -hmm. the product. And what I mean by that is that in the, with the partners that we're working with, there are various different architectures within the vertical farms and within the glasshouse arena. 
So we have got to develop a product that fundamentally can adjust and be installed in all of those different locations and basically perform the same function because they are all, all very different in terms of their makeup underneath the enclosure that you see from the outside in the way in which they grow. You know, everybody looks at a vertical farm and imagines just these stacks of plants. Well, that's true, mm -hmm. but some of them are on rails. Some of them are, are static and they have sensors that are moving. Others, the, the sensors aren't moving, the sensors are static. So it's accommodating all of those different architectures with, that can support all of our customers' requirements. Secondly, it's developing it also for the greenhouse environment as well. And ultimately for the, the vineyard type environment mm -hmm. and the berry crops that we want, you know, because we're getting a lot of interest from not just those two sectors we've talked about in more detail, but also, if you like, you know, truly outdoors. And then it's about in developing this product environmentally with the high tech that we've got inside that can withstand the environments in which it's going to be. And that's fundamentally going to be outside. But again, you know, they're not things that we can't overcome. No. You know, we, you know, when we were developing certain mobile phones many, many years ago for Nokia, we started to talk about, you know, IP66 rated devices, devices that you can drop into a, a bath or a sink or a, and there's very clear design guidelines about what you need to do to develop a product that is basically going to sit outside or in a very high humidity or damp arena for 365 days a year and make that a viable proposition and put a warranty on that, make that product last for five years without maintenance. It's all understood how it can be done. We've just got to make sure that we implement it correctly in the design. Garden have had quite a bit of interest, um, bearing in mind it's an early stage startup. So it's great to understand that you guys really are thinking about what the customers want and you are incorporating that when building the, uh, the technology. Yeah, it, it's something I learned actually I mentioned earlier about Nokia being an amazing apprenticeship. Um, Nokia fell into a trap, in my opinion, that we were trying to develop so many different handsets for so many different markets. We weren't actually listening towards the end of our reign, if you like, as the mobile, you know, the leading mobile phone manufacturers, to what the customer actually wanted. Mm -hmm. He didn't. He didn't want four different phones with, you know, four different cameras and one megapixel or two megapixel each of those programs is, to, is, a, is an enormous expense and actually i think apple proved that actually one phone can be all things to all men absolutely and Nokia were just producing so many different phones across the so many different regions that the r d and the effort it took to do that we were actually taking our eye off the ball and saying well actually if we really get the right product with the right user interface and the right camera we may need two phones for multiple markets rather than 10 phones for two markets and it it's so key to actually understand what the customer wants from your product not what you think the customer wants you've got them you've got to get them to tell you what that product is absolutely and then develop it accordingly Absolutely. not verbatim because we're all we're adding functionality into the product all the time because we want our sensors to be multifunctional and perform multiple tasks but there are absolute key unique selling points of that product and we're we're developing that because that's what our customers are telling them are telling us that they you know they need to solve and that's what we'll do 
and that will be extremely su successful for Garden if uh, we continue to uh, to listen. Um, the other thing I want to talk about, so culture, it's very, uh, it's one of those things where it could, I wouldn't say make or break a company, but it makes you want to work there. It makes you want to work with them if you're a customer. Um, we're kind of in the early stages now. How would you describe the culture at Garden currently? Um, and going forward, what kind of culture are you and the core team working to build? Yeah, I think culture is an enormous word and it's difficult to to really pinpoint the culture when there are six seven people in an organization what i can say demiana is that all the people that i'm working with at garden have a very similar mindset in terms of their what we want to achieve from garden the reasons we are at garden are very similar the technology that we're developing at garden we're all very much excited about and fundamentally, we all work hard, very hard, to bring this this mission to life. But we also have a tremendous amount of fun doing it. And I think that is so important, especially, you know, we've been working very closely as a core team now for a year through actually a, probably the most disrupted time in certainly my living memory. Yeah. And to keep and, 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 and to be able to go through a fundraise, develop a product, all working remotely. You've all got you've all got to have a common goal. Okay. But you know, the underlying word that I would use at this moment in time is we are having fun doing it. And to have fun within the workplace for me is absolutely vitally important. Everybody is totally a hundred percent engaged in being successful. And being and delivering the product that we know that this industry demands, but you know when it comes to the end of the week, we all have our meeting and we all have a you know a, a good chat and a good joke. And I know that might sound really, you know, well you're not working hard enough and you're not doing this, but actually we are. But there's a time then that you, the pressure has to come off, and yeah, it's about we're, we're working hard, Demiana, but having great fun doing it. Yeah, that's. Brilliant. I hope that you know. And that culture will grow and that culture will grow and grow and grow. And what we also do is, you know, as you well know, we're going out, we're hiring people and the fit of the people. Yes, obviously their background, the experience, their ability and their, in that specific discipline has got to be the best we can possibly find. OK, but also they've got to be of a similar mindset. They've got to, you know, be. You know, we're all working remotely. There's a great deal of trust involved with all working remotely. But fundamentally, when we come back and at the end of the week, each individual that joins this this organisation has got to have a similar mindset. And that is, as I mentioned earlier, we've got to have fun doing this. Because otherwise, we will fail. Because we're not we're too small to all be stressed out all of the time. And, in, and that's not healthy. No, absolutely. You mentioned um, mission and everyone having the same mission, I guess, the same goal and the same importance of, you know, working for a company where the mission actually means something to them. So it's a mission-driven company. Yeah, it is. It is a mission-driven company because I think when you when you consider the, the sector, and we had some very interesting conversations very early on when setting up Garden, 
when I when Samantha first approached me, I said I asked Samantha what he knows about plants, and he said absolutely nothing. But they all die, and I don't want that to happen anymore. <laughs> and when the, you know we've hired the most fantastic plant scientist in Fabrizio, and he's our eyes and ears, and he is our interface into the academic world of plant science, and. It's an it's an amazing achievement, in my opinion, how we're actually pulling together very diverse individuals into an organisation that is going to achieve amazing things. And actually, none of our backgrounds, apart from Fabrizio, are actually in the world of agritech. Yeah. And I think it just goes to prove that you can adapt your your skill sets and your mindset, and your you can work for a completely different sector in the role that is your expertise. Providing you hire the necessary expertise in that sector, you yeah. can be successful. Because a hardware, you know, the, the best hardware engineer in the world isn't is not going to come from the agritech sector. Absolutely. You know, the best scientists in terms of, of imaging and and how you couple that with all the different technologies we're coupling that with. That's not somebody that's come from the agritech sector, but that's somebody that understands what's required in order to make the measurements that you know Garden is, is is developing and the measurement equipment that we're developing and why that will succeed. I haven't worked in the agritech sector before, so that's been an amazing journey. Actually, yes, we had partners. We you know we partnered. I mentioned Tracy Lawson. She was our if you like our plant scientist during our fundraise. Because when we took to her the ideas around what Garden was trying to achieve, she got it immediately and realised how important that could be to this sector. But we're not we're not plant scientists. We haven't come from that industry apart from one individual that we is now fully employed by Garden. So it's really refreshing when I hear that um, because there are quite a few companies out there that probably pretend to be kind of everything and pretend to understand everything and know everything. Um, but Garden are very open in making sure that people understand they are working with research partners. They are working with, you know, experts in their field to ensure that this does come together, um, which I think is really key when it comes Absolutely. to, uh, you know, customers Absolutely. want to come on board. It, it, you know, I think it's a very, a very valuable lesson for a lot of people that you can be successful in a sector and you don't necessarily have to have started in that sector you just have to engage with the right partners that have the right expertise couple that with the expertise of the team we're building at garden and great things can happen and absolutely believe in that mission as well <laughs> yeah absolutely so a final question from me so uh how do you like to spend your spare time outside of work and are there any lessons that you carry over from that back into your approach to the work that you do at Garden? Uh, my spare time. So um, I, I, I spend all my spare time generally outside. Um, I, I love to ski when I can. Um, I, but my passions are twofold, really, one of which is golf. Um, the second one, which is uh, angling in any pond, river or lake that I have to stumble across. Uh, I love being in the outdoors. Um, is there a lesson I've learned from, from those two pursuits? Um, probably one of patience, because it's required in both fishing and golf. 
And I think as you get, you know, as, as you as you progress through your career, certainly doing the role I'm doing at the moment in garden and previous roles in product development, uh, patience is key. You, you're never going to solve every problem immediately because, and I've said to many teams that I've worked with and led over the years that don't be afraid every day if there's a reason why it can't be done because actually that's what should be happening if you're developing true research and development products and and and, and developing true innovation because if there wasn't if if there wasn't that time at virtually every day why it couldn't be done then you wouldn't be pushing hard enough and then having the experience to look back and the patience to work with these teams and know when to say okay we've pushed hard enough we've researched hard enough we've got to a certain point and now we need to implement because if you just keep researching you just keep developing you, you'll never get to that time when you can actually launch that product and it's a very fine balance and I think it only comes with the experience of the team we've pulled together you know myself Samantha you know I've done startups myself and you know worked in as we've talked about high tech and there's it's knowing how hard to push and it's then knowing when to stop and when to implement um and I think, that, as I said earlier, the best word there is you know, you've got to show patience because if you don't, you'll jump to conclusions too quickly and you'll develop the wrong product or you'll, you'll choose the wrong solution or you, you'll, you'll jump into a supply chain or jump into a, any aspect that you, know, you shouldn't be jumping into too quickly. It's just, And I think that does come from experience because you make the wrong decisions, it can be incredibly costly. Well, it sounds like Garden have a great asset uh, in their team. So um, thank you very much, Gary, for taking part in this. Um, and Absolute pleasure, Demiana, any time. I look forward to uh, speaking to you about the next phase of Garden. Absolutely. Okay. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye.